and one of the things that we teach is that a typical man thinks about sex up to 60 times a day. And there are women all over South Africa breaking their pencils right now because <laughs> yeah. they're saying that's why he doesn't get anything done. And, and, and so a man thinks that his wife is thinking that, but his wife isn't. <laughs> I can't even believe that statistic. Well, as you may have guessed, today we are going to tackle the subject of sex in marriage. And we do just want to give you a heads up that there may be some content on the program that won't be appropriate for young kids. So you may want to distract them with something while you listen to this important program. This is Focus on the Family with Graham Schnell, and I'm Alison Schnell. Alison, physical intimacy in marriage is one of those things that's not often talked about in Christian circles. Sex Mm -hmm. is everywhere in the media, and it's often bantered about, and often not in a very God-honoring way, or even people-honoring way, uh, particularly in secular settings. But it's something that God designed. This is His idea. And as Christians, we need to be able to talk about it, because there are some couples that are struggling in this area. Yep, that's right. Um, Graham, let me quote our guests today who say, when sex is good, it's a reflection of the health of a marriage. When sex is bad, it can be a major part of the dissatisfaction in marriage. And that's why we want to talk about the subject today. Well, our guests today are Dr. Gary and Barbara Rosberg. They are renowned authors, speakers, coaches, and broadcasters on marriage. But they're also really good friends of Focus on the Family Africa. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Graham and Allison. We're delighted to be here. Thank you. So good to have you with us. Mm. Well, Gary, you and Bob have been coming to South Africa to speak to married couples for the last six years. Uh, And even before that, you've visited South Africa. But before we get into the subject of intimacy, can I ask you to tell me if you've seen anything unique in South Africa when it comes to marriage and the couples that you've interacted with over the last number of years? You know, Barb, I think we have seen many uh, uniqueness. You know, first of all, in America, it's more of a melting pot culturally. Um, it seems that in South Africa, we will go into some communities and uh, marriage has more of uh, what we would see as more of a westernized type of uh, system, whereas in others, you can see that there's multi-generations of uh, nuances and mm-hmm. and customs and things that yeah. kind of uh, help set the stage uh, yeah. for marriage. But when you get one-on-one with a couple or two-on-two with a couple like Barb and I uh, mm-hmm. tend to do, you know what? It's, it's really the same. It's a, a man and a woman trying to forge out this thing called marriage, mm-hmm. trying to discern how does God come into that? How do they, you know, help learn how to serve one another and love one another and and encourage one another, and then when children come, raise up a godly family. It It's really, I think, no matter where Barb and I travel, including our love for South Africa, it seems to run a theme. Mm-hmm. And every couple has needs. Every couple, uh, they go home behind the four walls of their home, and they want to talk, they want to connect, uh, or they need to learn how to talk and connect. And Barb, I think that's what we learn over and over again. You're right. It's, it reminds me of a story, one of the the favorite stories of focus on the family as it moved into international work. Um, And I think it was Jim Daly who was somewhere in Kenya, I think it was in Africa, um, and they were beginning to explore, would this message of family and focus on the family translate into different cultures and contexts around the world? Um, And they were in this this building, a small building in Kenya, talking to a, a, a lady 
And they asked this question. They said, do you think that this message would be relevant to your context and your culture? And she kind of shook her head and smiled and she said, that's typical of an American to think that you invented family. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's, not to, um, that's not to insult you as an American, yes, but yes. I think you're absolutely right. There is yeah. uh, something about family this, and God's design for family yes. and the message of healthy, yes. God-honoring family life that just yes. translates around the world yes. into various contexts and cultures. Graham, I love what the woman said because truly as Westerners, I think we do come off very proud, very Americanized. And when we can put that aside and step under God's authority, God, you designed men, you designed women. Uh, a man needs a woman at his side that can experience the companionship, the the experience, the fullness, the emotional intimacy, the physical intimacy, and so much more. So as Americans, when we uh, stepped into writing the material that we have on this, we really wanted to step under what God said and make this all about the Lord and his design for marriage versus being Westerners with a lot of proud egos. And I love what that woman said. Well, let's get into that subject, the, the topic of sex. Um, we know you have a real passion for this part of a marriage, <laughs> particularly you, There's Gary. lots of fun <laughs> when we talk about this. <laughs> yes, we but have passion. <laughs> and I think it's amazing because it really is sometimes a subject that seems to be taboo. It's just not spoken about, but it is so important. You know, when we were writing this book, it was so, um, you know, I thought, can I do this? I don't think I can do this. But absolutely, when I thought about why we need this, why every one of us at every age and stage need it, people don't talk about it. I mean, if I were to ask your listeners, did your mother talk to you about sex? Did your father talk to you about sex? And what did they say? And oftentimes we can go into marriage and relationships with a partial picture of information. We stood back and wrote this because we really wanted couples to experience the freedom and the fullness of what Jesus Christ has for us in a God-honoring marriage. And Gary, when we even talked about the name of the book, The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women, How to Discover Secrets to Great Sex in a Godly Marriage. Well, that's great. I mean, Bob and Gary, in your book, you surveyed over 700 couples on this subject. Brave couples. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I want to know, what did those couples tell you? Well, first of all, they didn't give us their name, social security number, <laughs> or, or credit or card. Credit card. <laughs> but what they did was they signed up through numbers. We have, let's say, 007's number right here. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That, that is a, uh, that's just a fun pun. But Gary, let's talk about what they said to well, us. Well, we learned what men and women love about sexual intimacy and what they can't stand. Okay. And uh, I think your listeners would be intrigued. The number one can't stand for women. Um, it, it wasn't lust. It wasn't pornography. It wasn't comparison. It wasn't any of the things that we thought it would be. It was, do you remember, Barb? It, it Absolutely. Was, they're too pooped they're to tired. pop. They're tired. Women are tired. <laughs> but let me tell you that some of those other topics that we did talk, that you just described, yeah. 
they made the list. And sometimes uh, there are things that steal the attention of something beautiful Mm, within your marriage. We address that too. What do you do when there are robbers to your uh, sexual intimacy in your marriage? Where do you go? Well, we just love to share because we want couples everywhere to possibly learn for the first time what newness can be about or relearn it, rediscover. And that's the beauty of marriage. Yeah. And yet, as so many women said, their number one problem is they're tired. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, the what we have learned in the last several years in South Africa during our visits to your wonderful country is that the families experience many of the same things that the families in the United States experience. We're busy. And so we're spinning all these plates, as one person said it. We're, you know, running kids to things, and we're going to church and taking care of parents and taking care of our home and trying to pay the bills, and, and we're working. And, and so by the time it comes to should we have sexual intimacy, you know, the wife is often saying, gee, I didn't even think about that. Um, now let me think about it. And, but in the time that she's saying let me think about it, a man oftentimes feels rejected. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the things that we teach is that a typical man thinks about sex up to 60 times a day. And there are women all over South Africa breaking their pencils right now because <laughs> yeah. they're saying that's why he doesn't get anything done. And, and, and so a man thinks that his wife is thinking that, but his wife isn't. So when he initiates, she's like, hmm, well, I need to call my mom back and I need to do the dishes and Johnny's got to finish his homework. And sure, sex would be okay. But by the time they get to that point, Many times he feels neglected and rejected, so he shuts down and withdraws. And those are some of the nuances. And how do you, what do you suggest in that instance? I mean, I think being aware of it is already yes. something that can help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how do you, I mean, you talk about it in your book as well, that just the difference in libido. So you've said men think about it 60 times a day, women think about it. Maybe once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's bar, but Often. Uh, what I'd say is that maybe when there are babies that's going on, you know, when mom is tired and exhausted and maybe she's not thinking about it. But as your children get older, there's age and stage changes. Right, yeah. And sometimes the libido changes and drops for a man and it increases for a woman. Whereas I think the beauty of some of the the things that we talk about is that we can teach couples someone always needs to be advocating for this part of your relationship. I mean, someone's always advocating for emotional talk time. Someone can be advocating for spiritual prayer time. But when one or both of you are championing for uh, your expression of physical intimacy within marriage, That's a wow. So here's an idea. We had an older couple share this with us. And there may be couples that are so like, I couldn't say it out loud, you know, like if I had a need. So they put a clock in their bedroom, had two hands on the clock. And so um, over at one end, it said uh, it was like a a green light. Everything's great. But as those hands kind of went up and around over to like a red zone, Um, one of the couples, and they were older than us, would go over and say he would move that hand without saying a word over to the red zone. And that was called the danger zone. He's in danger. He needs his wife attention. And it would be really appreciated if it was within 24 hours. So she would put her arrow up where she was green or red or... And so they learned initially to talk through a clock of saying where they were at, expressing their need, 
and showing one another behind locked doors how they could meet the need. Now, that was long before they started using words. And we do like people to use words and communicate as well. And so at the Focus on the Family website, we sell those clocks, I believe. Yeah. No, we yeah. don't. <laughs> no, no. no, but it's, see, that's a couple making the adjustment to saying, okay, it's awkward for us, but we need to signal one another. Okay. Yeah, two of the sex needs in the top five for men are initiation by their wife and responsiveness by their wife. So when a wife responds, that makes a man feel uh, good about himself. When a wife initiates physical intimacy, what we coach women is that that gives a wife more appropriate power in the relationship. So she can be thinking about it. She can prepare for it. She can save energy. She can cordon off children and make sure the lock is on the door and all the appropriate things. And then when she initiates it, the man is just like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, but it makes him feel good because men want to be desired mm-hmm. by their wives. Yeah. What do you think of that, Barb? I think it's fabulous. <laughs> I was going to tell Ellie, last week we were coaching a couple, and they were edgy, and they were tense, and they were they were scratchy with one another. Scratchy. And I'm saying scratchy, scratchy. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, there's a physiological chemical that happens within the body and the brain when a couple are behind closed doors and they experience the hormone reaction of when they are together, of course. And I looked at this couple, I was listening to this couple, and I thought, this couple has not paid attention to their physical intimacy. And so it was really beautiful. Gary and I did not say a word to one another. We were on the same page. And Gary said, "Uh, excuse me, could you unpack for me how you're handling your uh, emotional intimacy right now? Yeah, they weren't paying attention. They weren't doing 20 minutes a day. They weren't talking. They weren't making the time. Everything else was coming more important than that. And then, Gary, you said it was beautiful. Uh, Unpack for me how you are praying together and using your spiritual intimacy. And they weren't doing that either. And then out of nowhere, Gary goes, are you two having sex? And so, I mean, and they kind of looked at each other. And it, it had been glaring because... Their emotional tone had been so crabby and scratchy that it was clear that it had been ignored and neglected, and they were sort of punishing one another. So when you start feeling that tenseness, sometimes it's not about the conflict you're having. It's because you Mm. haven't had the time to connect as a couple behind those doors. brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And and you encourage couples to talk about this. So obviously you're coaching on how to make this work. But it's, yeah. (laughs) So as you said, move from the clock, which is maybe a a good first step. Yes. uh, But to get to a place where you can sit outside of the bedroom, uh, have a cup of rooibos, and talk about the emotional and physical needs and yeah. how it works. And, and yeah, I mean, out. here's what Barb and I have learned. We've been helping families for a long time. Is that people come into marriage with all sorts of sexual um, understandings. So sometimes there's been other experiences. Sometimes there's been wounds. Sometimes it's been shamed in the family. Um, and sometimes it's healthy. Uh, but then they marry somebody, and either they have sex before marriage, which is not God's design. So then we need to work at experiencing the grace and the forgiveness and, and, and experiencing God's healing of that. Um, and many couples don't do that. So then they get married, and then they, they tend to have sex um, in a similar type of dance of initiation, of 
frequency of just what that experience is like without ever talking. And so they have a little nuance that kind of draws the other person into that time of intimacy. So they have the intimacy, then they don't talk about it after. And so what happens is you have a couple that gets into a rut. Yeah. Um, and when you get into a rut, uh, in fact, in Alaska, next to the Alaskan Highway, it says choose your rut carefully because they're going to be in it for 200 miles. So what we're saying is let's get out of the rut. Don't talk about your sexual desires or needs in the bedroom. That's the last place. Um, talk about it over a cup of tea. Talk about it, you know, at taking a walk in a park. Now look around and make sure there aren't children nearby or, <laughs> or something. But just say, what do you desire? What can't you stand? What yes. do you need? Uh, how do you feel about the frequency? How can I encourage you? How am I changing? How are you changing? Mm. And when you do that, you, you, what you do is you take the elephant in the room mm. and you, you kind of slay it and you minimize it. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, mm. we can talk about this with a healthy way, just like we talk about finances, parenting, and attending church and taking care of our home. You know, in America, we um, we have an analogy of using kid gloves. Do you have that in Africa, where when you're wearing kid gloves, you're handling it very gently, gently, Mm. fragilely. And if you go in like a steamroller and you're talking about what's not going on or what is and you want to change it up, that can feel so very rejecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially in this, the most intimate area, uh, because it's body, mind, and spirit mm-hmm. when two people become one. And so I would really love everyone listening to wear kid gloves. It begins like this. My darling, I love you. I think even Song of Psalms even addresses it. Mm. My darling. I mean, you know, read, my beloved, read Song of Psalms and use some of that language. My, my lover is ruddy. You know, I mean, you are. Not cruddy, ruddy. (laughs) But it's like, talk about how beautiful your wife is. Affirm her. Maybe she hasn't heard that in a while. And every woman, I think most generally, and very generally speaking here, will compare herself, what Mm. she used to be, what she wants to be, or she's Mm -hmm. looking at others. I hear you. It's hard. (laughs) And so when her lover, who knows her the most, Mm -hmm. moves closely and says, oh, my darling. You know, I mean, that right there is like, okay, we can, we can do this. But you know, that makes a woman more confident. It's the tone of voice, the way that you speak to your wife, to your husband. If you want to change up your sex life and make it a little hotter, it's how you treat your wife the other 23 and a half hours a day. And they say that when we say things to one another, that about 38% of the communication is your tone of voice. Just your tone of voice. 7% is only words. Because it can be an area of conflict when it is spoken about and it isn't approached gently. Um, It's when often, I imagine, in many households, when that subject is broached outside of the bedroom, it can be with with the wrong tone and in a complaint, uh, this is not enough, this is not what what I want or expected. Um, So you're... 
you're suggesting that we approach it very gently. If you want a woman to respond in all of her femininity, it's tone of voice. Mm -hmm. It's the way a man loves her and serves her. And so uh, this is, this is guys, if you want your woman to respond harshly, then treat her like a man. Mm -hmm. But she's made feminine. Yeah. She's made soft. You want to create that softness and respond with softness. Treat her gently as a woman. Um, Allie, I know that you probably got so much to say on this, but recently I was reading in Ephesians chapter 5, and it says that a husband's role as a servant leader is to present her to the Lord without stain or wrinkle. And Gary, we've had a lot of conversations about this. It's a man preparing her. It's the beauty of bringing out her femininity. And I think especially uh, in the bedroom sexually, yeah. it's that's a part of without stain or without wrinkle. Well, what I want to hear from you is if you can give us a testimony one or two of couples that you have actually interacted with yes. and you've spoken some of these great things to them and then they've come back and they've said, well, here's our story. This is where we started and this is where we are now and we'd love to hear that. Gary, I, I would love to well, defer to I, you. I, mean, I think my favorite one is a man from San Francisco yeah. that got, we did a book, The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women and then Barb and I recorded it on CD. And it's six and a half hours of us reading the book. Now, our daughters think that that's deplorable, <laughs> that who would want to listen to your voice, <laughs> yeah. Dad? You know, Mom's okay, but for six No, no. But we read the book, and, um, and a lot of people would rather read it. So this man found the book on uh, Amazon, um, didn't know who we were, was a non-believer. Okay. Wasn't a follower of Christ, mm -hmm. and wrote us. He listened to the CD six and a half hours, once, twice, three times. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Then contacted <laughs> us. Yeah, you, you sound like our daughter, Allison. <laughs> They're going, Dad, that's terror. I mean, you know, you said you chain us in the water. But anyway, so we, and then he said, I've been married for 25 years. I had given up that I could have great sex in my marriage. And I want you to know we are having great sex today. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And he said, and I didn't know who you were. Right. But it was a man looking for help. And I, I like that because it wasn't a guy saying, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. You go to church. You know, what does God say? It was, a, it was just a guy saying help. And he had given up. And Graham and Allie, many of your listeners have said, oh, we could never experience freedom. We could never experience uh, Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. We can't go back and reclaim that. And yes, we can reclaim that. You can reclaim Through that. Christ, all things are possible. Allie, I'd love to share a story if I could. We were walking in the mall. I mean, one of the <laughs> biggest malls where we live. And it was full of people, every age, every stage, lots of kids, spring break. And a woman walks up to us out of a crowd. And she goes, you're the Rossbergs, right? And we go, uh-huh. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> What's coming? Depends <laughs> the question. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, oh, no, I think you've got the wrong couple. And then she said, your book, 
And for for us right then, it was the the new book, The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women. She goes, that is the greatest book I've ever read. And I want to tell you, thank you for writing it. She had about three kids hanging on her, one in a baby carriage. She looked us in the eye. She affirmed to us. It was the story, the glow of whatever it did was written all over her face. And it was a personal story. And I have to tell you, Allie, she disappeared into the crowd. And we never saw her again. And it was really refreshing because you know you want to make sure it's right but I want to tell you another story we were in a studio recording the voice uh in reading the book and um one of the people in this uh recording studio uh reached over to me just at the time I was reading the hard places we have a chapter that if you have been through abuse if you have been through abortion if you have been through um Pre-marital sex. Pre-parental sex, the wounding, the wounding of the scars uh, that that stay with you, and you oftentimes don't know what to do. He had tears in his eyes, and he says, Barb, as you're getting ready to read this, I want you to know I have experienced all four of these. When you read it, read from your heart. And that's exactly what I needed to hear, because I needed to have courage to say out loud what I had written. Yeah. And the Lord was in it. And together we wrote it. Together we shared it. But together I believe people are being healed. Mm -hmm. So it was wonderful. Gary and Bob, author of the book, The Five Sex Need of Men and Women, as well as a range of other resources. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. you, Allison and Graham, you you guys are awesome. You know, today's conversation has touched on an area of marriage that Christians need to be talking about. As Graham was saying, couples often avoid the subject of sex because they feel it's not meant to be talked about or maybe out of embarrassment or even shame. But Gary and Bob have counseled too many couples who have struggled in this area, largely because there's been a lack of communication and understanding. And so to help you beyond today's conversation, I want to recommend a book by the Rosbergs called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women. It will help demystify your sexual relationship with your spouse, and it provides a straightforward and candid look at the different sex needs that both men and women bring to a marriage. You can get your copy when you call us on 031-716-3300 or when you visit our website at safamily.co.za. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back next time when we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.